0: I just slipped so far. HopeNet Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at Hopenet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave.
2: Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio, where conversations save lives. This is episode 135. My name is Jeff. Thanks for joining us tonight. Let me introduce you to our Hope crew tonight with me, the guy that I think Helps bring calm in the midst of probably any situation in life. The guy that I would probably want to go to and talk about stuff when, D.W., how you doing, man?
3: I'm doing fine. Thank you. And um, you're too kind to me at times. The, the truth of the matter is we live in constant trials. So I guess it's if you get older, you've gone through a few. So that's all. So you, you've seen them and you go through them and you learn how to go through them. And I think God has prepared us all to do that. So it's been a tough week. been a tough week.
2: It has been a tough week, and tonight we're going to just talk a little bit about that. Tara Kay is joining us in studio again. And first of all, how you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to be on the show again and hanging out with you guys.
2: Yeah, it's good to have you. And, you know, as we've been talking and preparing for the show, guys, this has been a difficult week. You know, It's been now just over a week and some really sad headlines in the news. There's probably very few of us who don't know already what's happened in Orlando. There's so much attention around there, so many, so many bits on social media that we see that we're like, some of them, it's just like, what do you do with this? How do you process this? And so if this is new to you, you're like, what are you guys talking about? Well, first of all, there was an entertainer, a singer by the name of Christina Grimmy. And she was performing in Orlando, and after the show, someone came with a gun, and, and she was killed. What do you do with that? Rocked a lot of people, especially those that, at least in my world, you've got people that are on tour. We've got artists that we know that are all over the place, and some of them are even asking the question, like, man, what do I do? How do I protect myself from stuff like this? You know. And then the not even 24, 48 hours later, you've got a, what has been called the largest mass shooting, the largest terrorist attack Uh, since 9-11 with the Pulse shooting in Orlando and and people there that were just out and maybe doing things that I wouldn't necessarily agree with. But at the same point, here are these people that were just murdered in cold blood that, I mean, that was not, that, that is something that, how do you even wrestle with this? Someone that comes in and just takes a weapon and murders a lot of people and, uh, and how do you respond to that? I mean, I've I've seen Christians even, myself, I've struggled to make to make any sense of this. It doesn't make any sense, does it?
1: Not at all. It seems like, I think people are, a lot of people now are saying, where can you go? Where would you be safe? I mean, the people who are out at the club, they might have been, that might have been a regular thing that they were doing, or it just seems like if it could happen there, it could pretty much happen anywhere. You just never know when you go somewhere, if somebody's just going to walk in and open fire. I mean, we've seen it in schools, we've seen it in churches, we've seen it in movie theaters and now clubs. So I think that there was just a sense of fear as well as sadness.
3: Yeah. You know, and there's no way really, our, our culture is not set up to live in fear. We're, we're just not set up to do that. Nobody believes that if you're going to go into a grocery store today, that somebody's going to come in the grocery store with a assault rifle and start shooting everybody. You're not equipped for that. You're not equipped to even think that way. And therefore, it's getting us a little flat-footed, if you want to call it, in, in, in thinking. But the real issue, when you when you look at it, you know, sometimes I wonder if it's just more media. There have been tragic episodes. Go back and look at the, the Romans and their heyday and other things. There have been really tragic events that have always happened in mankind's history. But now when they happen, within a matter of seconds, they can be beamed around the world. And, and so we're getting inundated with a constant flow of this evil that takes place. And I'm not saying that... that we should be used to it or it's right. It's it's absolutely horrendous. It's wrong. But sometimes I think we're getting overloaded. You know, when this Orlando thing came on, I remember I, I usually like watching the news at night and it came on and I heard, you know, first 10 minutes and I actually shut the news off. I couldn't handle it anymore. I just didn't want to hear anymore. It wasn't that I <laughs> I wanted to uh, run from it or anything else. It was like I just am being saturated with, you know, one thing after another. This week there was a the kid that got... Killed by an alligator. I mean, there's shootings in Chicago. I think we were talking about there could be as many this weekend, last weekend, as as there were in in Orlando almost. And then there was the Orlando thing. And finally, say turn the news off. You know, I don't know how many more of these instant messages I can I can just take. Because all of them are talking about some tragedy. Plus, I wonder, you know, and, and maybe I'm wrong, but it seems like the news will go and and just keep going over it and over it and over it and over it and try and make it, you know, till till you just feel like you've been thrown into the situation so many times that I don't even know what to do with all that half the time. So I guess I, that's why. God invented the on-off switch. You could do that, I guess, and, and start turning to people who actually have some answers, and opening the Bible, and starting to to look at things that actually work instead of things that don't work. Despite all that's going on in the world, there are still things that work. There's still things that are good, and uh, we need to start being able to look at those and hear about them once in a while.
2: It's interesting you say that because I felt that same way, Dave. Where you know, it's just at some point. I just couldn't watch anymore I think some of it is is the sensationalizing that comes from it and and I don't want to make this any more sensationalized than it has been. I'm just thinking how do I process this and and, and more of it has to do at least with me this week. I've just been looking at the story that's come out of orlando and the in the pulse club and and trying to process that and I think as Christians, I think there are a lot of people that are are trying to process this because this that in and of itself was it was horrific I mean there's no there's no way to justify that. There's no way to say even if, even if I disagree fundamentally in some things. Like to me, you know, everything that was coming out in the news and and stuff about the shooter and all that. I'm like, I just, I don't want to know right now. Like my heart is just hurting yeah. for these broken people, and and I don't even know what to do. I don't even know how to respond. Like, what yeah. can I even say something? Can I even do something that would even try to bring peace into their, into their life at this moment? Like this is. This is hard. It's hard to process. And I, I think sometimes, even those that are listening, I'm just I'm being real with you guys this week. This is, to me, going into the show, this is so hard. It's been a hard week for a lot of us to process. By the end of the show, hopefully you guys are able to process through some of this and understand that we may not have all the answers here in this world, in this lifetime, but... We can have hope in the midst of things that are irrational. They don't make a lot of sense. We live in a sinful world. Dave, you always talk about that, how we live in a sinful world. And then all of a sudden, sin shows up, and it messes up other people's lives. And we're sitting here thinking, like, how did this happen? You know? Mm
3: -hmm. What always happens in life is that we are in this sinful world, in a fallen condition. And without God intervening, there is no hope in any situation. If you really, I, I want to tell you just flat out, if you honestly loved God and walked with God and was listening to Him, you wouldn't be walking into that club with a gun shooting people. You wouldn't have done it. I might even say, if you really loved God and walked, you might not have even been in the club, you know, in the first place. And and so when you you, you look at all of you, you go, oh, are you saying this? Are you saying this? What I'm saying is that every human being that ever walked the planet is sinful. That's what I'm saying. And when we listen to God. We tend to live differently than when than if we don't, and if we don't listen to God, and God forbid, if He should turn His back on us and abandon us at any time, then we would actually get what we deserve in life, and 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 we do sometimes. I mean, if if I don't want, if you told me, uh, Jeff, not to go beat my head on a rock, but I kept beating my head on a rock, and then I come to you and say, "Man, my head is killing me," and it's like, "Well, I kept telling you not to do it," <laughs> you know, and. If we're going to not listen to God in any way, shape, or form, whether you be the guy with the gun or or any other instance, you know, people that lose their tempers or Chicago where they're murdering people in gangs or, you know, if we're going to not listen to God, we are going to live in chaos and ruin and upset because the only other option is that we listen to ourselves and we become God. And we're not. And, and and if we become God in our own eyes, then we are the measure of all things right. We do what we want. We decide what to do, when to do it. We don't care about hurting people. And then we're in trouble. So, The only answer is to call our nation back to God.
2: Share your thoughts with us. We're going to fire up the tweet back tonight and chat with you guys live right now. So if you're hanging out with us on Twitter, just use the hashtag HNRTV. Share some of your thoughts. What was your initial reaction when you started hearing the news about things that were happening in Orlando? How have you processed this through the week? We'd love to hear from you guys. Join us on the tweet back right now. Use the hashtag HNRTV. Also, just to give you a heads up, we're not going to take the whole conversation this tonight, this episode, to talk about just what's happened in Orlando. But if any part of this conversation is a little bit uncomfortable, maybe you've been trying to process this, and maybe process other events that have happened in your life, and you just need to do that right now, live with somebody. We do have live coaches available on our website all during the show, after the show, anytime this week for you at hopenet360.com. This conversation is just getting started on HopeNet Radio.
0: Are you hurting? stressed out, need somebody to talk to, chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at Hopenet360.com. This is Hopenet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave.
2: Hey, welcome back to the show. Check out tonight's Tweetback right now. Hang out with us on Twitter. Just use the hashtag HNRTV or go to Hopenet360.com right there on the homepage. You can join the Tweetback and sign in right there. Chat with us. Let us know your thoughts tonight. And it's a heavier night. Let's just face it. This week has been difficult. If you've watched any news and you've seen headlines, so many people uh, just for no good reason. I mean, there really there's no way to make any sense of this. But now we're left with these pieces, the lives that were broken and shattered and families that were torn apart this week losing loved ones at this shooting, multiple shootings down in Orlando, Florida. And now we're just trying to figure out how to how do we actually process tragedy? This has been labeled one of the the largest mass killings and it's, you know, they've called it the largest terrorist attack since 9/11. And I remember guys I remember 9/11. Like, as if it were yesterday. I mean, that's something, it's a significant moment in my generation's history. Uh, For the generation before, it might have been Pearl Harbor, if they remember some of that. That might be kind of on the fringe of that generation. But there are certain moments in history that are unmistakable and that we'll never forget right? I mean, 9-11 for me was, I remember being at school, I was a sophomore in high school at that time. So that kind of gives you a semblance of kind of where I'm coming from. But I remember, you know, we turned on the television for a short time and kind of watched some of the footage and and collectively as a nation, I remember there was this, this pause that happened that was like, it was different than I, what I'm seeing today. It was just, Dave, do you remember that time?
3: Yeah, well, I do, and I think, you know, for my generation, it was the JFK assassination. That, yeah. Um, my parents' generation was Pearl Harbor, I think. But the the JFK assassination had a lot of the same elements as the 9-11 attack. Um, there was silence. There was just silence. Schools were silent. Everybody was in shock. You know, I mean, it just took on that kind of, that kind of feel to things. And nine eleven had that too, and I'm not even saying they're the they're the same kind of attack or anything, but it certainly was uh, a very interesting moment in history.
2: Yeah, and for me, this one's this one's hard to hard to make sense of. You know, still, I mean, 50, 50 lives well, were lost, and you've got another fifty you, that at least right now, about that many are still in the hospital.
3: You know what I would encourage you, though, Jeff. I would encourage you not to allow yourself to get numb, or accept this as normal, or mm. or or not feel about it. I th- I think that one of the the saddest things that happened to us is that we we begin to think that in order to make it through a crisis, we have to not feel badly. We, we're trying to get away from feeling badly. Mm. There are some things in life that should make you feel badly. I mean, th- this should this should stink. Th- this right here is not something that you look at and say, okay, I don't have a feeling one way or the other on it. In fact, what we should be doing is allowing our feelings to be there and acknowledge them. You know, when something happens like this, it's a tragedy, and we need to call it a tragedy, and we need to to do what we can to help those who are survived and those who, who need our help at this moment. And then we need to, all of us, collectively look and say, okay, what led us to this tragedy? And is there something we could do differently in the future to help avoid it? And, and that's what makes sense at this point. And if we just go numb and we don't feel it, then we don't go through the process of saying, all right, is there something we could have done differently to avoid this? You know, and I think we have to realize that today's responses um, really are shaping tomorrow's instances. For example, what I do today about the things that go on in life are going to shape what really happens tomorrow. Mm. And and some of us, if we go if we go numb now and we just forget. You know, we we're just going to pretend it doesn't happen, or 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 we can go and say things like, well, I disagreed with the LGBT community or whatever. So, you know, and we can get very harsh and say say something against them, or we could say, well, that guy was a you know a Muslim terrorist, and I just think, okay, we can go against that group then. You know, and 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 what we do is we we kind of shield ourselves from the feelings. Here's the truth of the matter: no matter what you believe, there were people that day whose lives were cut very short, and all of those people who died, are which stood before God. Because the Bible makes it clear that it's appointed unto man once to die and after that to judgment. And that's what's going to happen. And and so they they have their day in court. All of those people will have their day before God. And, and whether they were prepared for that or not, that would be my question. And, and whether we are prepared for that or not is another. Because if this teaches you anything, it, it should teach you about the uncertainty of life. We don't know anything that's going to happen tomorrow. We have very little control of what's going to happen tomorrow. We certainly don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but we can count on God preparing us if we listen to Him. Do you have time for a story to let me illustrate that in my life? Yeah, absolutely. Do have for that? I remember before my dad died, my dad, when he died, he died of a heart attack very suddenly, and he was, he was my hero. And uh, I was older as 27 years ago, he died. Before he died, I can remember that I was obsessed kind of with the idea of death. I didn't know why. I mean, I was thinking about it, and and, and I had a friend who actually drove up from Chicago. I'm 300 miles from there. On a Sunday morning, I was taking out my garbage, and he was sitting in my driveway. And I went out there, and I said, what are you doing here? (laughs) He said, I don't know. I was just driving. I ended up here. Well, his son died of AIDS, and his son was a a friend of ours. He worked at camp, and he had died of AIDS. And and I said, well, you want a cup of coffee? He said, no, I just wanted to stop and say hi. And he started his car and left. (laughs) And I thought, that's really odd. Yeah. Then another friend of mine uh, was around at that point, and, and his best friend, who was my best friend at one time, got killed down in Chicago. A guy came out of his apartment, put a gun to his head, and blew him away. And then I was interviewing a guy for a job up here at, in our ministry, and he had talked to me about his children, two children who had died. And, you know, after a while, I, and I was studying in the Bible about death, I was so overwhelmed with the idea of death, I mean, totally overwhelmed with it, that I began to just study it in the Bible and ask God for answers. And I even began writing a poem. One night I couldn't go to bed. I couldn't go to sleep. And I started writing a poem on death. Now, if you know me and my personality, I'm not a poetry guy. So, you know, I don't know what I'm doing writing a poem. started writing, but about halfway or three-quarters of the way through the poem, I, I couldn't come up with any more words. They just flowed to a certain spot and i died, and, and, and it quit, so then I went to bed so then the next weekend, there was a board meeting up for our ministry in Chicago, and I went down there, and my dad it was the chairman of the board, and I, I was sitting there and listening to it on Saturday and Sunday morning. My dad spoke in church he's a pastor and and I remember thinking after he spoke i, I that was his last message i didn 't know that I thought, well man, that guy's not too bad, really I mean he's a pretty good speaker and um then, uh and not much thinking about it he didn't go to church Sunday night, and I was visiting another church because I was representing camp that night and and the next day, I got a call that he had gone to lunch after a meeting in the morning and fell over dead on his way into the office with a heart attack wow. and I went and met t- with my mom and that that night I went back where my wife was and my kids and i I saw the paper with my poem on I pulled it out, and I finished it. See what always amazes me is that God knew that He was going to do a very hard thing. He knew that that was the date that my dad was leaving, and He knew that I was his son and I loved him. He prepared me for it. He was very kind to me. That you know, you can look at anybody, and you know, look at the people around you. I promise you this: every single one of them, one day, are going to be gone. Now, I don't know if they're going to get shot with a bullet or they're going to get eaten by a bear or they're going to get hit by a truck or they're going to have a heart attack. I have no idea the method that they're not going to be here anymore, but I promise you they're not going to be here anymore one day. And, and you know, the nice, the wonderful thing about it is that God knows that. And if you walk with God, if you know who he is and you love God and you walk with him, he will prepare you for that moment. The thing that I fear for the Orlando tragedy and other tragedies is that people were not ready because they weren't listening to God. So they weren't ready for the tragedy that that was going to take place. There's nothing fun about a tragedy. There's nothing nice about it. But I'm telling you this. If you do know God and you walk with him, you can either avoid certain tragedies or you will be prepared for the ones that are inevitable anyway, because that's how God works and i think we need to understand that if we're going to spend time now avoiding god and then when the tragedy comes start screaming his name and wondering where he's at you know probably we're at we're where we're at because we've avoided him if you're listening today don't avoid him anymore go to hopenet360.com talk to a live coach don't avoid god he loves you you need him in your life you need to talk you need to know who he is
2: our live coaches are available like they've said on our website hopenet360.com this conversation will continue on hopenet radio
0: We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and
2: Dave. Hey, welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Connect with any of our live coaches right now on our website, HopeNet360.com. Especially in this conversation, and we're just trying to process something that doesn't make sense. And maybe in your life, you're trying to process something that does not make any sense to you. And you're like, I don't know who to go to and talk to about this stuff. Our website is there for you. Live coaches are there right now at HopeN360.com. Jeff, DW, Tara K with you tonight here on the show. And as I've been processing this this week with the shooting down in Orlando, the, the multiple shootings, and, and even the young boy who was killed by an alligator, there are so many things, tragedy strikes everywhere, and it could be anywhere. And Dave, I enjoyed just the conversation piece that you brought up about, you know, losing your dad and trying to process through all this and and even how today it, it shapes the way that we I mean, there are many of us that are listening. If you're listening tonight, you still have the ability to choose how you're going to live your life and what you're going to do and and how you can even prepare for that. I don't know that any one of us could say, you know, you need to absolutely prepare and do this sort of thing and and provide all these different things you need to do or get to prepare yourself for this kind of tragedy. It's Tragedy is going to hurt, and it's it's not going to be rational. It's not something that we're... You know, we're not created to die. I think that's something to to keep in mind too. We're not created with this death mindset that we're just waiting to die. Like we actually all of us feel like we have some kind of a purpose in this life. We still have something many people that lost their lives last weekend probably thought the same thing they had a purpose left in their life they had things they wanted to accomplish and and goals and and dreams and visions and and they're tragically ended and that happens every single day in our world so how do we process tragedy what do we do and guys i want to talk about this this thing of as i've been watching some of the the posts and things i haven't really shared a lot of my thoughts on social media because to me it was there were a lot of things a lot of people were saying a lot of things different from 9-11, where you didn't see a lot of the the grandstanding, and this is what you need to do. It was like there was a collective pause. And so I kind of wanted just to share some of the things that I've seen and things that I would probably say you shouldn't say in the midst of a tragedy or, or something like this, where you're just trying to filter through the emotions. And, and that is the one thing that I've seen is more of just the angle. Like the angle. So in this tragedy in Orlando, a lot of people were saying, well, we need to, you know, do this. We need to, you know, ban guns or, or some of these like really hot button things, the things that divide us. And just, I found that we don't need to really tell people how to respond. You know, even in the church, some people are like, well, you know, we need to go in and do this. I saw some really great actions done. I saw people from Chick-fil-A that were serving people that were standing mm-hmm. in line, that were giving blood, that were donating. And and that's not just for the victims that were in the hospital from the shooting, but that also impacts people who maybe were in a car accident or just needed blood. And so there were people that were giving of themselves and, and some Christians saw them and they de- decided to love on people. There were people that weren't Christians that were loving on people. In that, And so I think, you know, from our angle, from from what we're saying on the show is we don't really need to tell people what to do when tragedy strikes. I think it's more important that we just, we know what to do and how to love people. We need to be prepared to love people in that. Secondly, before I get your guys' thoughts, what we don't need in this situation is an explanation. And it's weird because it's like everybody's trying to explain why this happened to these people in this place, you know, and, and trying to find the answers. and. Is that helpful? I'm not sure that a, a people need that explanation. Even, you know, that question of why that looms over your head, and, and we're trying to answer this question why. I don't know that it's really helpful to try to give an answer right away. I mean, Tara, Dave, what are your guys' thoughts on these?
1: I think I agree with what you were saying, too, earlier about. We just, there were so many different posts and things on social media that after a while I just got sick of hearing about it. And I was at my Bible study and there was a person there we were praying about, you know, for everyone there, for everyone in Orlando. And there was somebody who didn't know what had happened. And I was just shocked that this person didn't know. But in a way, I kind of wished I was them because it was just all over social media and it became so much more I think, you know, it's important to know what happened, but like like Dave was saying too, I just wanted to turn it off because it was different than when 9-11 happened. When nine eleven happened, people took the time to grieve, and it didn't seem like we did this now. And it was all of a sudden, right away, people wanted answers, and there were, you know, there was a lot of politics that were mixed in, and I think that's what I what was frustrating the most is, you know, people died here, and we just, I think, before we start to think about politics of gun control and all that, like, we just need to to grieve here because people died, you know,
2: you're talking about like this, the pulse shooting versus nine yeah. 11. And
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I think people at first, maybe for, I don't know, a couple hours it was a, on people were posting on Facebook, it was about the people who had died. But then all of a sudden, like right away, there was all kinds of politics involved. And it just, you know, I just was like, I don't want to hear about this anymore. And that's sad because we want to hear people were telling, you know, about a little bit of background about the people who died as humans. We just need time to grieve. And it was all of a sudden right away. How could we have prevented this? And we probably could have prevented with gun control. and And it's about Islam and it's about terrorism. And it's like, We just need time to grieve.
3: It's interesting. I think we want to assign blame right away. And we want to assign blame as we look through our own lenses and figure out who's responsible for this. And certainly it's not any of us. For some reason, we feel better when we can find the blame and it's not us. Mm -hmm. And we also have these knee-jerk reactions to things, which doesn't make any sense to me. If I step on the scale and I am uh, you know, 40 pounds overweight, that didn't happen yesterday. So for me to have a knee-jerk reaction and go, okay, I'm never going to eat again for the next you know, four years, that's not going to work. We're not going to fix it with knee-jerk reactions. We didn't get to where we're at today as a nation overnight. That didn't happen in one day. We got here some other way. Even I, th- I think when you look at it, everybody's walking around trying to figure out almost how I can be getting my agenda out. I heard people that were trying to get blood, and people should try and get blood, but they were turned away because they were either gay men or something i don 't know what the rules are in in, in all of the um, the medical science mm-hmm. or whatever but I, you know what i 'm assuming that the medical people have a reason for why they accept blood and why they don 't you know i 'm assuming that this is not a random thing that they 're doing that that they actually have a reason for it. But if somebody has an agenda about it, see that now they're using the tragedy for their agenda. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, we don't use tragedies for agendas. That's why I don't think that, that, that Christians should talk about things that they disagree with right now with the nightclub or whatever else it is. We don't use tragedies for agendas. Mm-hmm. Yep. The truth of the matter is is very simple. This happened because man is sinful. Man, women, mankind is sinful. and And that's what really happened. We, we were people, and in the, in the, in the basic, most basic sin of all is actually self-centeredness. Yeah. When you and I live self-centered lives, then what we do is we use everything we can to please ourselves in a way that we justify things. In fact, what happens is we begin to love what we should be using and using what we should be loving. Mm. And, and, and we're so out of whack at that point. And if you look at the tragedy, if you back the bus up far enough, you're going to see that what happens is there was a bunch of people, individuals who have ignored God, who have lived for self, who have taken the place of God and wanted to punish people, or whatever else it might be. And they took it upon themselves to do this. And in the result, because it's not the way God made it, it was a tragedy.
2: You know, a couple of the things just to keep in mind, things that we don't really need in the midst of a national tragedy like this are, are just the constant rumor mill and the constant conspiracy theories like this is why it happened. It's kind of the explanation part of it. I think there is such a thing as TMI, too much information. We have too much information at our fingertips. And it's so easy to just keep retweeting or reposting this or, Hey, did you hear about this? Did you hear about this about the person that perpetuated this violence or some of the victims? And honestly, that doesn't really help, you know, all the different rumors and and stuff that might not even be able to be verified. I think that's something to just ask yourself, do I need to share this? Or can I just, can I just be, can we just grieve together? You know, another thing we don't need a reminder of our differences. Let's face it. There are some really sharp, deep differences and rifts between different types of people, whether it's religious thought, whether it's certain lifestyle decisions, whatever. I mean, we live in a free country. We live in a place where you have the freedom to live in ways that are different from your beliefs. And this is something that makes some of us uncomfortable. And I think part of this, it's trying to 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 just put down some of those differences and ask the question, how do I just love people right now? Because in 1 Corinthians, it talks about three great things that exist, and it's faith, it's hope, and it's love. And then at the end of it, Paul says, the greatest of these is love. And so in this moment, how do I, as just a normal, everyday person, I have no title, I have no agenda, how do I just love on people when they need it in the midst of this pain, in the midst of this hurt? Do I even need to say anything? I don't know. Sometimes in the midst of tragedy, in the midst of pain, the less you have to say, the better. And I think we can all take lessons from that. In the second half of the show, we're going to talk about a woman that you may recognize this name, Elizabeth Elliot. She leaves a life of a legacy that I think so many young women today and even young men, we can take some lessons away from the life of Elizabeth Elliot. So we're going to talk about that in the second half of the show. So keep it here on HopeNet Radio.
0: Feel like nobody cares? We do. Hopenet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at Hopenet360.com. It's Hopenet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at Hopenet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of Hopenet Radio Jeff and Dave.
2: Hey, welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. If you miss any part of this conversation this week, you can subscribe to the HopeNet Radio podcast using your favorite podcasting app. Just go to hopenet360.com slash podcast and subscribe. Leave us a review on the platform that you use. You leave us some thoughts, leave some feedback on the show or just how much you love it. We'd love to hear from you guys on some of those reviews. So Jeff, D.W., Terry K with you this week and the first part of our show tonight, guys, we've been talking about some of the things, some of the headlines that have been happening this last week. So many of us were taken back by the, just the stark reality of the loss of life that happened in Orlando. And, and our thoughts, our prayers tonight are even with those who are still in the hospital and all the families that were affected by this tragedy. There is no rationale for it, that none of it's supposed to make sense. We're not supposed to just get over it. I think we need to just grapple with the reality that hate hurts and evil exists in our world and when there aren't answers like this, we all have this this inclination to go and find answers. And I want to just caution those who feel like they need to speak and to just give answers. Sometimes it's okay to just say, I do not know. I do not understand. I'm saying that this week. I don't get it. I don't get when tragedy like this happens, when people are senselessly killed. Regardless of if you agree or disagree with them, it doesn't really matter. There's no, there's no reason for violence in this way in our country. And I think we have some hard questions that need to be asked. But at a later time, I think right now, that's kind of the process that we're in is we need to just have the time. We just grieve together and know that it's okay to let let go of the disagreements, let let go of the differences that we have, and come around those because we just love and care about them. And that's the Christian message: is to love people that you know. Unfortunately, our in our human flesh, we probably wouldn't love, you know, as it were, because we we tend to prefer people that are like us, that believe the same as we believe, that do the same as we do. We play favorites with people all the time. And what tragedy does in our lives is it opens up that door to ask the question of, am I really loving people the way that Jesus loves us, loves me? You know, if I'm looking at myself and saying, I'm not perfect, you know, and God loves me anyway in spite of my imperfections, you know, the reality is is that I have something, if I'm living as Jesus did, and I know I'm on a, on a soapbox here, but I'm kind of thinking out loud about how, how do I just love people? And one of the people that has not really directly influenced my life But over the last week, I saw another headline that came through in my news feed, and it was about this woman named Elizabeth Elliott. And for some that might ring a bell to her, she was the wife of the late Jim Elliott, who many people have known through the years. If you've been a Christian for any amount of time, he was a missionary. And I forget what country he was in. Dave, you might know. Ecuador. Thank you. And he was murdered there as a missionary. He was murdered for bringing the good news of Jesus Christ there. And Elizabeth carried on his, his life, carried on the message of, of the good news of Jesus Christ. And, and this is a woman that knew tragedy just as much as those who are in Orlando that are grieving today. And, and her life legacy, I mean, she's, she's left an incredible legacy as a woman, Dave. Wouldn't you agree?
3: I would. And you know what? I, I actually went down to Ecuador and got in an airplane and went over the very beach where Jim Elliot got killed. Hmm. And uh, I have a picture of it above my desk. It's a stunning reminder of the cost that it takes to to go out and to love people. Because loving people is very costly, and and we don't want to believe that. But it is. When you love people and you see them doing something that's going to harm them, it is right for you to do what you can to warn them and to help them and, and to position yourself so that if they would listen, that they would have a better life. And Jim Elliot did that, and he did that unashamedly. And in the process, he got killed. Uh, We need to be careful to understand that that so many of those who loved God and loved people were killed. The apostles were killed. We call them martyrs. They were killed early in history. Jesus himself was put on a cross and killed. Jim Elliott was killed. You know, it's it's easy for us to think that, oh, man, look at this tragedy. God must be judging. Once again, I want to remind people that everybody dies. Every human that ever walked the face of the earth would die. The real connection that we want to have is with God first and then each other next. Because when a Christian dies, it's not like their connection with God is broken; it's strengthened, and that's what we want to have: this bond that is strengthened. And Jim Elliot was a, was an incredible man of God. His wife, Elizabeth, she was somebody who was direct, somebody who loved people, and I'm telling you, she was a, a somebody who influenced. I would I would suggest we don't normally go tell people to read books, but anything Elizabeth Elliot has written, I would suggest you go read because this lady understood life. She understood death she understood tragedy and if you're trying to go through tragedy, if you're trying to understand it, go read Elizabeth Elliot. how many how many husbands did she end up having? I think didn't her second She's, husband die too?
1: yeah she had three husbands and both the first two passed away just the first her first husband Jim they had only been married three years and then her second husband they were only married for four years and he passed away.
3: yeah so I mean this lady understands tragedy and and so if you're really struggling, I would suggest that you go get some of her writings and go read and see how she processed information. Try and understand the God that she understood because he's the only God there is. This lady had tremendous peace, tremendous influence in the world. She was significant. She was secure. And today she's with her husbands and her, her loving Heavenly Father who loved her very much. She got it. She was stable in the midst of instability. And I encourage you to go check out why.
2: Yeah, it's it's interesting. She has a few books out. We will stick those in our show notes tonight. But, you know, looking back at her life, I mean, what tends to happen, and this is kind of a general thing, and I've seen this too in some of the headlines, is that, you know, in our minds, we, we memorialize people in a way that we're like, we focus on the good. And I know this. I think every one of us knows this. If you've read through any of Romans, you realize there isn't anyone that's good, you know, in their own humanity, in their own flesh and blood. I mean, as men and women... We're flawed. And Elizabeth, in the same way as, as the many people that died in this last week, we're all flawed people. And the only thing that we're, we're all capable of doing is sin, is having the sin nature, acting out on it. But if we're alive in the Spirit, as what Paul talks about, and that's the one thing I think that if anyone was doing it, I'm sure Elizabeth was in that same realm. She wanted to live by the Spirit. And one of the articles that was written about her was one from John Piper, and he, he talked about how Elizabeth was just blunt. Like she said what she meant. She she didn't just beat around the bush. She didn't try to sugarcoat it. And today we've kind of lost that art a little bit, haven't we? Where we've, instead of saying the truth and in light of what's happened in Orlando, we need to just go out. We need to be more blunt about our love and our, our care for those people. Yeah. But in the same way, like Elizabeth was so, she was passionate about speaking the truth. And letting people know the reality of situations, not just letting people stay where they were. If they were hurting, you know, I'm sure she would have comforted them. I didn't know Elizabeth personally. She sounded like a really fun person that would challenge you, probably like your grandma. I don't know if you had this kind of grandma, but many of us probably had a grandma or a relative that was willing to be blunt with you and tell you how things were. And a lot of times, I don't know why this is, Dave, you've, you've kind of been that person to me where you'll just say things that are blunt, that are like... Dave, that, that stings a little bit. Like, you're you're saying stuff that, like, ah, I don't know if I'm ready to hear this, yeah. but
3: we still need those people in our life, don't we? Yeah, the difference is that, that you just don't go do that to strangers.
2: Yeah, that's true.
3: You don't do that. You, you know, I can be blunt with you, and, and really the fortunate or unfortunate thing is you and I are talking together on the radio, so I can be blunt with you, and it sounded like I was blunt with everybody else. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but really, it's us talking. And you don't... Have the freedom to be blunt with people you don't love or don't care for and don't know. I mean, that's not acceptable. I mean, I can be blunt if, if I have a relationship with you and I care for you and you're asking me for something or I'm talking to you and we're in a discussion. I can be blunt because it's in the context of love. It isn't in the context of I'm right, you're wrong, and shape up. And, and that's what we have to be careful. Maybe we shouldn't offer advice to people who don't ask for it or we don't even know.
2: Yeah. <laughs> there are times, though, that I'll, I'll have to say I've been talking to somebody that I – you know, just met maybe a day before and we're having this conversation like we talked about recently where you have different levels of communication. We kind of went into some of the deeper levels of communication and we were able to, to just connect. So the idea of stranger, I would say in, in most regard, you probably do not want to give unsolicited advice to a complete stranger. That's probably not going to work well for anybody But you may have those times where you do, you're able to go into those deeper conversations and and actually talk about some of these things and process through some life together and yeah, and challenge and sharpen and maybe disagree on some things. You know, you might want to go back and grab that show. We'll post that in our show notes as well tonight. But it's just interesting conversations that happen in today's day and age. Sometimes what tragedy does is it opens up the door for deeper levels of conversation to happen. So I encourage you this week, anytime you need to talk to somebody and you don't have somebody in your life and you want to go to that deeper level and talk with somebody about life, about some of the stuff you're trying to process, go chat with one of our live coaches at Hopenet360.com. This conversation
0: will continue on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at Hopenet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave.
2: Hey, welcome back to the show. Check out tonight's show notes at hopenet360.com. We will post the audio of tonight's episode on there. So make sure to go and subscribe to our podcast at hopenet360.com slash podcast. Jeff, DW, and Tara K with you tonight here on the show. And kind of, you know, it's kind of a sad week when you look at things that have happened and and not just in Orlando but I'm sure around the world tragedy is, has struck in many different places for whatever reason it doesn't make sense and so again we're just we're sitting here we're trying to figure out you know like everybody else is doing what do we do with this? What do we do in the midst of tragedy? And we've been talking about some of the life of Elizabeth Elliot. And she's also someone that has experienced tragedy in her life. Her husband, uh, Jim was a missionary to Ecuador. And I know Dave, you've got a a connection there. Uh, You might know a little bit more about Elizabeth and her life. She has some really great books and, and we posted some of those links. If you want to go and read them, check them out for yourself. They're in our show notes. You know, Elizabeth, one of the things that as I was thinking about this show, I don't know a lot about her. I know, you know, obviously the story I don't know anybody that doesn't know about Jim Elliott. I mean, he's a missionary, went into the, the mission field and, and then he was killed by people that were in this tribe that you know he was trying to reach. He was trying to reach with the message of the gospel and and then the story goes that she basically forgave the people that murdered her husband. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And like that to me, when tragedy happens, the whole idea of forgiveness You know, this isn't natural, you know, from a natural sense. Most people, if someone wrongs them, you know, in the situation with Orlando, forgiveness in this whole process is going to take time. Where does forgiveness intersect here? And Elizabeth figured out in her life what it meant to truly forgive someone that wronged her in such a deep way. And, uh, you know, guys, as we're talking about this, the whole idea of forgiveness, when is it appropriate to forgive someone? Have we ever thought about this?
1: Yeah, I think with her life, too, it was such an example because um later on, she there were actually several other male missionaries that were murdered. And the wives of these men actually went back later and were the ones that led this tribe to Christ. And now um, her son, he goes around and does all kinds of speaking engagements with um, one of the tribesmen that murdered his father. And it's just an incredible story of redemption and for, on their part of forgiveness because they saw the greater picture of what their purpose was there and how many lives were changed. I think there were five that died, but how many lives were changed because of it.
3: Yeah, you know, seeing the greater picture, I think that was a key, key phrase there because what, what happens is if you really understand how things are, you realize that sin separates. It always separates. Sin separated us from God. That's what the tragedy is. Jesus came to die to stop that separation. When we sin in life, what happens is it separates us from the relationships we could be having with the people around us, and it separates us from God. Sin separates, and separation is painful. That's what's going to happen one day that God's going to stop the separation process. It'll all be over, there'll be no more death there'll be no more separation. So death and separation are kind of synonyms because of that. What what I understand Elizabeth did was she understood that and she always hated the sin and that's why she was blunt. But she understood that the person was not to be hated. And I know that's a, a kind of a a jargonic statement that we make you know love the sin i love the person hate the sin mm-hmm. kind of thing, but in reality it is it 's getting to the point where you hate sin and you don 't want anything to do with sin and and anyone that has anything to do with this you know, sin that you know about you you just get ticked at because it 's going to hurt them not because you 're judgmental and that 's how she was she understood that these people did something that they thought was right but it was sinful and it caused separation between her and her husband and she was able to forgive them but never went soft on sin it's kind of like we say that God is not tolerant because he's not. He's patient. And I don't think that Elizabeth was ever tolerant of the sin. She was patient, realizing that these people still needed Jesus. And if they had Jesus, that would solve the problems. And in retrospect, that's exactly what happens. It's kind of like this. You and I were, were made a certain way. You know, Jeff, if I asked you right now, if, I, if if I had somehow above your head 5,000 pounds on a weightlifting bar, and I asked you to step under there and hold it up for me, what would happen? <laughs>
2: they would crush me. There's, exactly. Yeah.
3: Because why would it crush you?
2: I'm not strong enough to lift 5,000
3: pounds. Nobody is. You're not made <laughs> no. to lift 5,000 pounds. Yeah. See, what what happens so often is that we take on responsibilities and burdens that God never made us to carry, and we wonder why we're crushed. Hmm. Elizabeth Elliot, she could have been going out saying, I- I'm so angry at these people. I'm going to have vengeance on them. I'm going to see that they pay for it. That would have solved nothing. Mm-hmm it would be like me getting upset and saying you know what i'm so upset with you i'm going to beat myself and i hope i hope you feel bad after i beat myself no no that doesn't work we, what what she understood was if these people were to be punished god would take care of it and he knows how to do it hmm. wow god says punishing vengeance that's mine says the lord that's not yours hmm. so if dave wager tries to punish people for doing evil i'm not made to do that most likely that will come back and crush me if there's all kinds of things, I love going through the Bible with that mind frame saying, Okay, God. In fact, I did once, I, and I would give this assignment to those that are listening to us. When you read the Bible through, read it through, and, and have a piece of paper somewhere or a computer somewhere, put a line down it. My responsibilities, God's responsibilities. And you'll find that if you ever start mixing those responsibilities, if I start taking God's responsibilities to be mine, they, you know, I can't handle it. I wasn't made to handle it. See, I'm not made to handle judging people's hearts. That's God's business. Hmm. I'm not made for vengeance. That's God's business. I am made for forgiveness. I am made to I see there's some things that God tells me I can't do. But there's other things that I cannot do because I am not made to do it and if I try and do it since I'm not made to do it, I'm just going to be frustrated. And as I look at uh, Elizabeth Elliot, I think she was living out that idea hmm. that she hated sin. She understood the tragicness of sin. She also understood that the people that were involved in sin were living very desperate lives. And instead of wanting vengeance, she wanted mercy because of the people. And eventually they found Jesus and, and their lives were transformed. And, and, you know, God tells us that, that God is not the God of the dead but the living. And therefore, as Jim Elliot was with God, very much alive, I'm sure as those murderers became Christians that Jim and God rejoiced in the fact that sin no longer ruled over them. And and yes, the, the event was tragic, and I'm not minimizing the event of the, the loss and the separation to Elizabeth and, and all of those kinds of things, but I'm telling you, in all of life circumstances, do not pick up burdens that, that you were not meant to carry or those burdens will crush you. And what happened this last week, I think we all should be saddened by sin and what it does because sin has separated a bunch of families sin has separated people from god and that should bother us but we should look for every opportunity within that to show the love of god and the mercy of god and bring the mercy of god to the people who are confused at this point
2: yeah you know the interesting thing that i think elizabeth and maybe it's a generation thing but you don't hear this too often and i know one thing that dave you you guys talk about at silver birch ranch quite a bit with your staff is the idea of dying the self And Elizabeth understood that. One of her things was to to come and die. That was her thing. And not to die physically, but to die to your deepest, most innermost desires, really. And to do it in pursuit of obeying God. And we don't see that too much in today's Christian circles. A lot of times, if we're talking about being a Christian, a lot of times it's, it's this idea of living a comfortable life a life that's free from an attack like we saw in Orlando or Paris or anywhere in the world. We we tend to want to look at life in the way that, you know, if we honor God, if we do the church thing and we, we are a Christian, that we're going to live a comfortable life. And that's contrary to what the Bible talks about. It's contrary to what, what I would say Elizabeth would tell you because she was one that would say it bluntly to come and die. Right. And that's die to your pleasures, die to, to your, your personal desires and your preferences and say, I'm doing what I'm doing because I want to obey God. Not because I feel like I want to do it or because it seems like it's natural for me, but I'm doing it because I want to obey God. And, and so that's an interesting perspective because it flies in the face of what we do as humans. We tend to, to try to pursue what's going to make our flesh satisfied what what's going to make me comfortable and she did it in a way where she was like, you know, that's not, what, that's not what life's about. You know, life is much more than that. God never said to come and follow me because I want to make your life comfortable. And that's the same thing today. So we need to be actually living out this Ephesians 5 life of being careful of how we live today. And we want to talk about that when we come back here on the show. You can connect with us right now on the tweet back, Just use the hashtag HNRTB. This conversation will wrap up when we come back on HopeNet Radio.
0: Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now back to Jeff and Dave.
2: Hey, welcome back to the show. Connect with our live coaches right now at Hopenet360.com. Also, after the show, we will post this episode on our website, Hopenet360.com. And you can subscribe to it. Just click on the podcast button on the homepage. And you can follow us anywhere, social media. We'll get to that later on tonight. But Jeff, DW, Terry K., we're sitting down with you. and Just having this open discussion. Recently we talked about the different levels of communication and I thought that show was insightful and we've been kind of having one of those deeper level kind of conversations tonight here on the show and as we're wrapping up this episode tonight guys there's been a lot we've talked about obviously we could talk for hours and hours on end I mean processing through it grief is not something that I would say we need to rush through and I would say tonight if if you're hurting and maybe you've been following some of the news headlines maybe you are not in the news but someone you know or maybe there's a situation in your life where you've just been dealing with some kind of a personal tragedy You know, the same thing is for you. What do we need to do? How do we handle this together? How do we, how do we talk about it with people that we're close to? Because we're all, we're all trying to make sense of things in life that just don't make sense. And unfortunately, for those who do not know God, who sees everything plain as it were, we're going to be left with those questions of why and, and why does this stuff kind of happen? And, and when you know God and and Dave, you talk about this when we know God that we have a relationship with him, it's not that the stuff will make sense. It's that we have hope in the midst of these situations. And if anything could be taken away from the show, Dave, it'd be to to just give someone hope and to remind people that there is peace in the midst of these kinds of situations in life.
3: Yeah, I would say that in your mind right now, if you're angry with God over what happened or you're you're, um, disappointed with God, then you just don't know him. And I will stand on that to the day I die because I believe that that's the issue we need to spend time getting to know God. It's really easy to be angry with somebody and disappointed with somebody you don't know. But when you know them well, I promise you this, you won't be angry with them and you won't be disappointed with them. In fact, you'll run to them instead. And if you're struggling with a relationship with God and you don't know what I'm just talking about, you'd love that relationship, I invite you to get a hold of the coaches at the Hope Line, at uh, hopenet360.com and get a hold of those live coaches and Talk to him, because honestly, the first step to civility and the first step to significance and security is knowing God. And then the next one is actually listening to him. And once you know God, you will listen to him. So if you're struggling today listening to God, you're struggling today with the idea of God, you're struggling with the goodness of God, you're struggling with all that stuff, let me invite you to get to know him before you get too angry. Because really, unless you know him, you're not going to give it a fair shake. And life won't make any sense to you apart from knowing God. So I invite you to take that on.
2: Tara, as we wrap up the show, we've talked about a lot of different things. Some of the thoughts that you've had in the midst of our conversation, what do you take away from tonight?
1: Dealing just with the idea of death. For us, we're in Wisconsin, Orlando's far away. But I think we've all had to deal with death at some point in our life. And if you haven't, you will, because like we said, everybody is going to die, whether it's a relative that you've experienced that or a friend or, you know, eventually we're each going to die someday. We don't often talk about that, about, we talked earlier about preparing, not, you know, being overwhelmed by that, but really realizing that fact that we are going to die because that is the penalty of sin that it's all going to happen someday maybe you've heard the illustration before about like you know a cemetery when you go and see a tombstone everybody has a beginning date and an end date and it's the the hash in between the hash yeah. mark in between it's yeah. what you do in the in between that that matters so i think when tragedy happens it's a reminder to us that that death is a reality but then it's a reminder to the rest of us who are still here is what we do with that Uh, In between is what really matters.
2: Ephesians 5 really has some interesting insight. And I know we've talked about this quite a bit on the show through past episodes, but it's a good reminder. And I came back to it this week and and I was thinking and processing through all this stuff. It's hard to process tragedy in itself. It won't make sense. The only thing that I can really understand is that I have a decision to make today. I'm here. I have breath. I have life. What does it mean? What's the significance of it? How should I live then today if what I do does matter? I mean, the reality is, is, yeah, I'm going to die, but at some point, you know, I'm living here. So I will have to do something, uh, not really do something, but I'm going to have to give God an account someday. There is a final judgment. There is, you know, there is an eternity at stake here. It's not just this life. And what I get from our world and our culture and our media and, you know, so many different blogs and people that have a voice out there is, is they're focused on here and now we're focused on what's right here. What's immediate, what I can see, feel, smell, touch, that sort of thing. And I have news for you. And people throughout throughout history have shared the same news that God's word talks about there being an eternity, and it's not just an eternity of paradise. Not everybody's going to end up in paradise. That there has there is a way. There's a judgment. There is a separation that happens between us and God because of sin. And unless God has made a way for me, unless I accept Jesus and what He did, and that that making a way that God has done for us, the sacrifice. If I don't accept that in my life if I don't if I don't understand what that really means and truly accept that as as forgiveness of my sin I have no hope. And for you listening tonight if you do not know God you might have hope for today you might find some kind of small hope in what you're doing in your life some of the pleasures of this world but all those are going to pass away one day. And eventually we're all going to stand before God. And this is the reality of things that unless we're ready and we, what it means to be ready to face God is that I've made a decision to follow him. I've made a decision and I understand there's nothing I can do to earn God's love, his favor. I mean, even if someone were to come in, let's just say in in this situation, I didn't know God and someone came and they took my life from me and I didn't know God, I still can't stand before God and say, well, this person cut my life short, so you should let me into heaven. Like, there's still a reality, there's still a price to pay. Sin has consequences. And so if you're listening today, sin does have consequences. Dave always talks about this, that it's going to separate me from God unless there's something that can cover my sins, which is what Jesus did. And so in Ephesians 5, it talks about how to live then. And, and Paul writes, to imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are God's dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us, and he offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. And I would encourage you to go and read the rest of Ephesians 5, and then check out Titus 3, where it talks about then more ways that we should live, not to be caught up in foolish discussions and spiritual pedigrees and quarrels and fights about laws and legalism. No, we need to do is to be obedient to God, be ready and do what is good. Don't slander people. Don't, don't quarrel. Don't get into fights that don't birth new life through the Holy spirit. Be involved in work that God is doing. And remember, God is at work. And share that message of hope with other people. And I think, Dave, if there's one thing that you want people to just grab onto and take away from the show, what would that be?
3: It would be that you need to actually know God and love him. That's it. I mean, honestly, there is no hope and life makes no sense without God because in the beginning, God, not in the beginning, Dave.
2: (laughs) It sounds so simple. And yet... At the same point, we all have that decision to make, don't we, Dave? I mean, we-,
3: we do. Yeah, there's no other way because it, you know, when we make this about us, we're all wrong hmm. because it never was about us. It was about God, and that's what Satan did. He tried to make it about him. So, in the beginning, God, not in the beginning, Dave. Let's get that straight. Now we are, are at least on the have the groundwork to fix the problems.
2: You know, there are enough things say that divide us and they create a barrier of connection. And they affect interpersonal relationships. And tonight, if tragedy has any upside for you, it's that barriers can come down. And we can mourn with those who mourn. That differences don't matter, truly. Love matters. And like I said, 1 Corinthians 13, Paul writes that faith, hope, and love remain. And the greatest of these is love. And the truth is, we're going to make it. That's all for us here on the show this week. You can find the show notes and download these and past episodes for free on our website. Subscribe to the podcast at hopenet360.com slash podcast. Our live Twitter chat continues. The tweet back is going 24-7 at hopenet360.com or by using the hashtag HNRTV. And you can follow Hopenet360 on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, most social platforms. Just check out hopenet360.com slash connect and find those links from all of us here on on HopeNet Radio. Make each conversation count this week. You could save a life. We'll see you next time.
1: Goodbye. Bye.